Hey everybody, so uh, Patron Brian asked for some stories, some erotic fiction mm, that uh, has been read by Mr. Ouija. And so I searched the archives, and while I know there's more, I did manage to find four of them in my monumentous search, just to please sweet Brian. Anyway, so... um. Here's here's a little fun thing. I put together a show that is four stories of Ouija reading erotica over the years. And um, so uh, I hope this, uh, you know, hits your sweet spot. Flicks your bean. Makes you happy. In the, in the pants area. Anyway. All right. So I hope that you are having a wonderful, just a wonderful springtime. And... Enjoy the show. You must be 18 or older to listen to this podcast. When I snap my fingers, I want you to sit down on this big fucking tent pole, and I want you to sit down all the way. Matt and Ouija. No hesitation. You get that thing lined up with that butthole, and you sit straight down all the way. That's right. It's time. For the big gay sex show, the two big studs themselves. Talk at me. You know what I want. Now give it to me. Give it to them, guys. And here now they are. Matt and Ouija. Sit. You just sit all the way fucking down on it. Hello and welcome to another Big Gay Sex Show. Matthew and I had to do this separately again. He's still getting things ready for Sorted Lives and I'm in the middle of La Salada. So it has been quite a trial to try to get us together, but pretty soon we'll be done with our little side projects outside of the potosphere. Is that what they call us? Um, I am going to read a story for you. I want to, and uh, hopefully you want me to, and and we'll uh, be mutually satisfied. All right. And actually, I may go with the Trucker's Book again. The Trucker's Book actually has turned out to be a really hot book. Uh, Trucker's True Gay Erotica, edited by Johnny Hansen. And um, pretty soon you'll actually be hearing um, a couple stories from a couple of uh, regular listeners um, who have submitted them, uh, just trying to get the final approval to go ahead and use those stories. Um, Kai, and I haven't forgot about you, answer me, man, and get back to me and let me know. So, today I'm going to read to you Convoy by Jude Gray. Helen gone from any semblance of civilization, I pulled my rig into a rest stop and shut her down. I was somewhere in the middle of Nebraska, headed for Idaho, with a truck full of women's apparel for one of those big box discount places. You know the kind. Lots of fluorescent lights, zombified employees, and banners screaming drastically reduced. After weeks on the road without a day off or another man's hand on my cock, I was primed and ready. I'd been on the road 16 hours straight. My ass was tired and my cock rock solid. I don't know what it is about driving so long that makes me so horny. Maybe the vibration from the engine or the feel of all those miles passing beneath me. I counted three other trucks in the lot and decided to head to the bathroom to find someone else looking for a quick fuck. 
If no one was around, I'd jerk off, then bed down for the night. In the men's room, I grinned when I saw a light out over the stalls. Classic setup for quick sex. Soft, urgent sounds came from the corner stall, and my dick throbbed with anticipation. I ambled to the end of the room and pulled open the stall door. Howdy, boys, I said. Fingers in my belt loops. Got room for one more? Three of them were crammed inside the stall, all big, strapping truckers like me. One had chucked his clothes completely and wore only black army boots. He was hairy and hung, his cock jutting from a, a thick black bush. He had a black beard and long black hair that fell loose around his shoulders. Fuck yeah, Blackbeard growled. Plenty of room. Blackbeard's partners were in their late twenties, both blonde with patches of matching hair on their chests. The one on his knees wore a steel cock ring, the polished surface throwing back the dim bathroom lighting. The other stood with his arm around Blackbeard and sported a leather cock ring with metal studs. I nodded, then pulled off my flannel shirt to expose my broad, hairy chest. Who's first? Two steps took me into the stall, and I grabbed leather by the back of his neck, pushing him to his knees and stuffing my cock down his throat. Blackbeard followed my lead, taking Steele's head in his hands and pushing his thick, hairy dick between the guy's swollen lips. Oh, yeah, Blackbeard moaned. We leaned in to kiss. Our tongues were rustling before we, he moved away again. You're just what the fucking doctor ordered. Leather worked his mouth and tongue around my cock, swallowing as much of my seven inches as he could manage. His cheeks bulged as I shoved my fat cock head into his mouth. I pushed my pants to the floor and stepped out of them so I could spread my legs and fuck his face. Leather got into it and reached up to grab my balls. He had a strong grip and I groaned encouragement. Blackbeard turned back to kiss me again. His dark beard tangled my brown goatee as our mouths devoured each other. Steel worked Blackbeard's cock like he hadn't had a decent meal in weeks. As much as I was enjoying leather, I wanted to try something new. I pulled out of his mouth leaving him in mid-suck, and turned to slap my spit-slick cack across Steele's cheek. The kid turned in a flash and gobbled me up. He held Blackbeard's dick in one hand, stroking it as he sucked me hard and fast. Leather must have felt left out because suddenly someone was spreading my ass cheeks apart. Seconds later, a hot tongue pushed into my asshole. And I leaned forward slightly, my hairy belly pressing against the top of Steele's blonde head as I moved to give Leather more room. Yeah, eat my fucking ass, I grunted. Get your tongue up there. That's it. Blackbeard spanked his cock across Steele's face, drawing the kid's attention back to him. Steele snapped his head around, slurping up Blackbeard's prick as he stroked my cock. I leaned over more and Leather pushed his tongue deeper up my ass. I was eye-level with Blackbeard's crotch, and he turned his hips to pop his cock out of Steele's mouth toward me. I opened wide and sucked him down. He was big, real big, nine inches at least, and I gagged a couple of times as he fucked my face. 
One of his big hairy hands cut the back of my head, holding it steady while he pumped his dick between my lips. Steel, meanwhile, meanwhile, ducked down to suck my prick. His hot mouth worked my rod fast and deep, while leather feasted on my asshole. I grunted around my mouth full of Blackbeard's summer sausage. I reached out to give his free balls a tug. That's it, man, Blackbeard moaned. Pull him hard. I took his balls in my fist and pulled hard. He let out a shout. Pounded his cock faster into my face. I closed my eyes and held on to his balls for dear life. It was the only thing I could do. Before my back could give out, I let Blackbeard's dick drop from my mouth and eased myself upright. Leather moved over to suck Blackbeard's cock while Steel continued to suck mine. I reached out and twisted Blackbeard's nipples through his thick chest hair. He returned the favor, and we stood pulling each other's nipples while the two young guys sucked our cocks. Blackbeard grinned at me. Hungry? I smiled back and nodded, famished. He reached down and pulled leather to his feet, then got down on his knees. Blackbeard opened up and took leather's long, pink dick in his mouth as I pulled Steel to his feet and knelt before him. Steel's dick was the shortest among us, and but thick as a beer can, and I had to stretch to get my lips around him. My nose bumped the smooth metal of his cock ring each time I leaned into him. His hands clasped my shoulders tight, his long, lean fingers digging into my flesh. Blackbeard hefted himself to his feet and rumbled, Let's head outside, as he tugged absently on Leather's dick. The stall's making me claustrophobic. We gathered our clothes and threw on what we needed to. Look halfway decent. Then all trooped out the door. The parking lot lights shimmered on our four trucks. As out on the highway, a lone car droned by, headlamps lighting up the asphalt. Blackbeard led us to the rear of the building and into a cops. We trundled through the underbrush. Just be, just when I was getting ready to call a halt to our wilderness adventure, we came to a clearing. Soft grass grew in a rough circle. All of it tampered down where those before us had laid on it. Dude, this is cool, Steele said, and his teeth flashed white in the moonlight. Yeah, Blackbeard shrugged, then dropped his pants. His cock sprang out to point at us. Let's get to business. We undressed and moved in. As a group, hands groped, mouths gaped, and cocks jousted with one another. The four of us stood kissing together for a long time, the moon dousing us in pale white light. Steel broke the embrace first, leaning down to run his tongue along Leather's body. He paused to nip and suck Leather's nipples, one of which I noticed was pierced when the moonlight flashed off the ring. Once Steele slid lower down Leather's body, I slipped a finger through the nipple ring and gave a couple of good pulls. Leather moaned and pushed his tongue into my mouth. Blackbeard got on his knees so he, he and Steele could work Leather's cock together. He pressed his lips around one side of the shaft while Steele did the same on the other. Leather pumped his hips, his dick sliding back and forth in their mouths. He moved slowly at first, but quickly picked up speed until he was all out fucking their pursed lips. 
Oh God, he gasped. That feels so fucking good. I decided to return the favor he'd done for me. I moved around to kneel behind him. The grass was soft and cool on my bare knees as I parted Leather's hairy ash cheeks and leaned in to give his hole a long, deep kiss. His hips continued to thrust as he fucked the trucker's mouths, and I bobbed my head in time to rim his ass good. Steel's head suddenly appeared on the ground between Leather's booted feet, and he reached out to spread my knees apart. Once my legs were wide enough, he shimmied along the grass until my balls fell right into his mouth. He sucked and licked my nuts as he reached up to stroke my cock. Moving my knees forward a bit, I sat my hairy ass right on his face. Steele eagerly laughed at my twitching asshole. Shoving in his tongue and looking around the sensitive wrinkled perimeter as I did the same to leather. Blackbeard stopped sucking Leather's dick and went down on steel. He was on all fours above him, his head pumping up and down in a blur of motion. Leather stood bent at the waist, one hand supporting himself on Blackbeard's back as steel continued to eat my ass and I chowed down on Leather's tight, warm hole. We shifted it as if on cue. I lifted my ass off Steele's face and Leather took a deep... I took a step away. He and I watched Blackbeard suck Steele's dick for a moment, then moved up and joined in. I lay on my side on the grass by Steele's head and stuffed my cock in his mouth. Turning, I, I took Leather's dick between my lips as he prodded Blackbeard into, onto his side and gulped down the hairy man's long, thick prick. We lay in a circle, slurping and sucking one another until Blackbeard broke ranks. He grabbed Steele's ankles and pushed the man's legs up into the cool night air. Spinning into Steele's asshole, Blackbeard edged his hips closer to press his cock against the man's tight pink threshold. Ready for it, Blackbeard said. More of a command than a question. Do it, Steele replied. I got to my knees beside Steele's face and filled his mouth with my cock. Leather knelt on the other side, and Steele went back and forth between us as Blackbeard slowly penetrated him. It took a long time for Blackbeard to sink his entire length in Steele's ass. When Blackbeard's hips at least pressed tight against Steele's hairy, sweaty buttocks, Leather and I both moaned. Blackbeard pulled back and dro drove it in again. Steel's mouth fell open as if he were controlled by Blackbeard's dick. While Blackbeard fucked the shit out of Steel, I got up and moved over to Leather. He knew what was coming and stretched out on his back alongside Steel. I knelt between his raised legs and wrapped a hand around each ankle. I spat on my cock, then aimed it at his anus. Leather reached back to spread open his cheeks and my dick bucked at the sight of the rosy swirl of his asshole. Damn, he looked tight. My meaty cock head met wonderful friction, generating resistance as I pushed past his sphincter and into his ass. Leather groaned and thrashed beneath me, but I held his ankles tight and drove steadily onward. Holy fuck, man, I murmured. You've got one tight fucking ass. Yeah? Blackbeard asked and leaned over to see as he continued to fuck steel. When at last, I knelt fully embedded inside leather, the slick wet heat of his ass gripping my cock like a fist. 
I ran my tongue along the hairy length of his cab, then pulled my hips back and plunged forward again. I fucked leather hard and fast, my prick sinking deep as he moaned and tugged on his nipple ring. Raising my face to the star-spattered sky, I closed my eyes and rode his ass with animal abandon. After a few sweat-drenched minutes of plowing leather's rapidly loosening asshole, I looked down to where my cock piston in and out of his hole, and then to my right at Blackbeard's prick pumping in and out of Steel's hole. And it started then, way up high inside my own asshole. It was a twitchy, hungry itch, and I knew I'd never be able to scratch it myself. I needed to get fucked, good and deep. Hey, I said to Blackbeard. He turned his sweaty face to look at me. How about letting him up uh, to have a go at me? Blackbeard grinned and immediately pulled out of Steele's ass. I got leather up on his knees and knelt behind him. Fucking him doggy style as Steele poked his double wide cock at my asshole. The broad, fleshy cap of his cock head spread the lips of my anus and my eyes closed as my mouth dropped open. Damn! Still was one thick fucker. Steel eased himself forward until he had burrowed completely inside me. Blackbeard knelt behind him and drove his huge stick straight up Steel's chute. We paused, all of us taking a collective breath. My cock planted in leather's nimble hole, Steel's jawbreaker of a dick stuffed up my backside, and Blackbeard it entrenched in Steel's ass. Blackbeard started us off, pumping into Steel so hard I felt the power of his driving hips as Steel's cocks banged into mine. We found our rhythm after a few minutes and moved like a well-greased engine, pistons pumping and friction building. Woo yeah, Blackbeard, Blackbeard shouted. We got us a regular convoy. Steel's cock gave me a good ride, but it wasn't quite long enough to hit my itchy spot, and I needed something with a deeper reach. Before anyone shot his load, I slowed my hips and pulled out of leather. Let's change it up, I said. I turned to look right at Blackbeard. Want to test drive my ass? He didn't answer, just pulled me to my feet, moved me to the tree line. He pushed me forward so I was bent at the waist, then planted his boots between mine. I licked my lips as I start, stared at the trampled grass beneath me. Blackbeard spat into his palm and pushed two blunt fingers into my hole. A moment later, his fingers pulled out and were replaced by his enormous cockhead. It spread my sphincter wide and plowed through the muscles widened by the girth of Steel's dick. Blackbeard pushed deep into me, then deeper still his prick tunneling into my body in single-minded, with this single-minded determination. I gasped and then shifted my hips, spreading my legs and bending over more as if straightening my torso would allow him to push further inside me. Just when I thought I'd have to call a halt to the archaeological dig he was conducting on my rectum, Blackbeard's hips pressed against my ash cheeks. He stood fully inside me, his hands gripping my hips, and his cock hitting that magic, twitchy, itchy spot high up inside my hole. 
Oh, fuck, I groaned. Oh, yeah, that's the spot. And then he fucked me. He rammed his long, thick hose deep with each thrust, and I felt my nuts pull up as his cock battered my prostate. I turned my head to find steel, standing bent over at the next tree. Face turned to look at me as leather pounded his ass. Oh, man, Blackbeard growled. Oh, fuck, I'm close. He let out a mix between a grunt and a snarl as his hips sped up. I held on to the tree for dear life, my hips swaying and bouncing like a rowboat in a hurricane. Oh, I'm gonna fucking come, Blackbeard said. Oh, fuck yeah. One last powerful shove put him deeper inside me than anyone had ever gone. His hips throbbed and twitched against my ass cheeks as he pumped his hot load into me. His beard whispered along my spine when he leaned down to kiss my back and ran his hands along my sides to my chest to twist my nipples. I stroked my cock, still bent at the waist with Blackbeard's pole stuck up my ass. I turned my head to watch Steele's face as leather grunted through his own orgasm. Steele and I came at the same time, our spunk splattering across the bark of the trees that supported us. We grinned at each other, then winced in tandem as our partners pulled out. I straightened up slowly, my back already protesting the position I'd maintained for so long. Thanks for the ride, Blackbeard said, gave me a soft kiss. Thanks for driving, I told him. We gathered our clothes and got dressed, each of us spent and moving slowly. As we hiked back along the trail, we passed two white-collar guys with expensive haircuts and hiking shoes. Their eyes were filled with nervous promise, and we stopped as a group to look at one another as the two newcomers continued past us to the clearing. Blackbeard shrugged. I got no place to be tonight other than back in my rig. I nodded. Sounds good to me. The four of us started back toward the clearing. Blackbeard already unbuttoning his shirt. And that was... Convoy. By Jude Gray. You can find that in Trucker's True Gay Erotica, edited by by Johnny Hansen. Called Olympians. Okay? You know, um... Today, the Olympian deities who once ruled over man have been regulated to high school literature classes and the occasional rerun of Xena or Charmed. But I assure you, they were and still are quite real. Oh, most of them have been killed off in glorious battles centuries ago or cursed or poisoned, but there are a few still around, just not so godlike anymore. What gave them their power was the belief we had in them. Without that, they became weak. And let's face it, with everything they had done, there were lots of scores to settle once they were on equal footing with the rest of us. But the tale I am remembering now is one that would change the course of human history forever. Ares, the god of war, was the son of Zeus and Hera. The two of them hadn't expected much of Ares when he was a toddler. He wasn't the brightest bulb in the pack, was rather moody, and was diagnosed as bipolar when he was 16. (laughs) Zeus and Hera were hoping he would be able to manage some sort of godhood title. They apprenticed him for god of knitting, but he stabbed his instructor with the knitting needles after not being able to get an English pearl stitch. Then he tried a gig as god of board games. It was here he at last showed an aptitude for something other than chronic masturbating. He was a phenomenal strategist. 
especially at war games. A century later, Ares was overseeing every war across the galaxy. Fresh from the victory of an epic battle that had been raging for decades, Ares was washing away the blood and grime of war with a, thick, with a quick swim along the shores of the Atlantic. He had been called back to Olympus directly after battle and hadn't had a chance to do any raping and pillaging with his soldiers. Clean and refreshed for a long swim, he walked onto the warm sand of the beach. There was no one to be seen for miles in either direction, yet in front of him, Ares spied a man laying face down on a bed of dried seaweed. To the side of the man, there was a large trident standing upright with its three prongs stuck firmly into the ground. He knew at once it was Poseidon, the god of the sea. Poseidon, known as the earth shaker and the storm bringer to those who worshipped him, was sleeping quite soundly as Ares approached him. The god of war stood silently, his eyes trailing down the strong tan back to the large, round, firm-ass cheeks, then down the rock-hard thighs and calves of the sea god. Ares, who was just as naked, felt his cock begin to throb with a burning lust. The fire of lust that had stirred within him these last years without release were beginning to overtake him, and Poseidon shifted in his sleep and his tight, inviting asshole slipped into view. It was an invitation Ares could no longer resist. Now, for those of you with, the, uh, with Greek mythology degrees and, and fans of the show Hercules, who, I can promise you, was not a tenth as hot as Kevin Sorbo, <laughs> let me address your concern. Yes, Poseidon was indeed the brother of Zeus and therefore Ares' uncle. For some of you, that may make the following seem a little creepy, but such was the way of royal families in the olden days, and so it was for their gods as well. Now, those of you that have been to all three dirty words, you know damn well what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> you know, they weren't supposed to be, be ringing incest, but see, I, I had this one specially made because now it's just a pattern. You know, the first two, bad. Now we're just, you know, we're continuing it, you know. For some uncle sex. Okay. So, anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Now, before Ares could even fully form the thought, his muscular, hair-covered chest was flat against the back of the older man, and his large mammoth cock was bur burrowing into the willing ass below. A god who was used to getting what he wanted, through raping and pillaging, had no problem taking what he wanted, and since the god of water is particularly guaranteed to be pre-lubed, <laughs> Ares' huge prick slipped deep inside the ass below him. As Ares began shoving his stiff weapon in and out of the wet love channel, Poseidon stirred. He moaned in, moaned in sleepy pleasure, his round ass cheeks pressed up to meet the thrusting of the younger man. His moaning became louder and more intense as he woke, then turned into grunts of confusion. Who's that? What are you doing to me? cried Poseidon angrily. <laughs> Ares' excitement rose as the sea god struggled. That's right, fight me. Makes it all that much better. His thrusting became deeper and more intense, and he held tight to the bucking man below him. Poseidon knew Ares' voice at once, and, and though a wave of lust and sent shivers through his, him, and his dick swelled so full it almost hurt. He continued to fight and struggle. You see, Poseidon, as many of the older gods, believed that if you were going to have sex with the same gender, gods needed to top. 
which never really worked for him because he was a natural bottom and, and went limp every time he tried to top, which was a huge disappointment. So too many uh, suffer a uh, seafarer be, because he was hung like a horse, literally. The fisters wouldn't need fists with him. It was huge. So Ares is holding his uncle down on the beach, throwing the most intense fuck of his life into him. And the struggle is just making him get closer to popping a huge load. Poseidon's cock is caught under him, rubbing violently between his stomach and chest and seaweed below. With each of Ares' long, intense thrusts, as a sea god gave over <coughs> even more to his primal side, letting the last of his inhibitions fade, a large wave crashed over them. Fuck me, Poseidon bar- barely recognized the words escaping from his lips. Fuck me, Ares. Fuck my ass. Ares lifted up, grabbing the other man's hips and pulling him onto his hands and knees. He watched his war hammer pissing in and out of his uncle's beautiful Greek ass. There was a drumming in his head and a desire he'd never felt before. He was so close. Poseidon grabbed his cock with one of his huge hands and gripping rightly below the head of it, began jerking himself off as hard and as fast as he could. Another huge ocean wave overtook them, so large it actually covered them, but neither noticed. Ares continued his assault. So far gone in the lust of his conquest, there was nothing that could stop it. Poseidon met each inward stroke by pushing his ass back into the younger man's crotch. Ares' cock was hitting every hot spot lurking inside the other's ass, and the frenzy was finally too much to bear. Still underwater... Poseidon let out a mighty roar, his massive balls tightening, his cock jerking wildly in his hand. The surrounding water became murky as his above ample seed shot out, surrounding them in a wet cloud. The water receding, Ares gasping for air, and feeling the sea god's massive amounts of cum clinging onto him. He rammed his huge tool into the beautiful wet man ass below him. Only a few more times before he held it still against him and let out a mighty roar that echoed off the mountains and through the the gorges for miles around them. Earth shook and trembled, as did they. The earth shook as he buried his cock all the way inside and let loose with an orgasm that had been building for decades. Poseidon moaned and shook as he felt the massive god seed fill him so full it began to spill plentifully onto the beach around them. These gods did everything in epic proportions, including coming. Poseidon reached back to his ass, taking a scoop of Ares' cum, and took a mouthful. Plenty more of that for you, Uncle, Ares laughed, as he stood, his long dick slipping from the others' ass, but not softening a bit. Poseidon rose to his feet, turning to face the devastatingly handsome god of war. Perhaps next time you'll wait for an invitation. Ares laughed. Where's the fun in that? With a loud crack, Zeus was standing before them. I've been looking for the two of you. Come, we have a crisis. Crisis, Poseidon asked. Uh, My son, did you feel the earth quake? Zeus spoke angrily. My brother, did you not sense your own sea opening up to swallow an entire people? We have some serious damage control to do. He suddenly reached out to his brother's face, wiping wetness from his cheek. He he looked from one to the other, still standing naked and dripping with cum. His brow furrowed, he barked 
What if you two died? And now you know the story of not only how Ares and Poseidon became fuck buddies, but also the true reason the continent of Atlantis was swallowed up by the sea. May your own orgasms be as epic. Hello, guys, guys, and a couple of girls. It's Ouija. Matthew and I dicked around so much last night that we did not get to the regularly scheduled podcast. So we decided we were going to go ahead and make this a, uh, you know, erotica cast. So we're just going to give you some erotic tales. So settle back with your cocoa, lube, and cum towel, and, and have yourself a fest. For those of you that enjoy that type of thing. For those of you that don't, we will uh, be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week, okay? First, I'm going to give you the... It's from a book called Treasure Trail that I've been reading. Edited by Captain Jack Hart and brought to you by Allison Books. So look for this, okay? It's called Treasure Trail. Erotic Tales of Pirates on the High Seas. And the selection that I have chosen this evening is called Dragon Ship by Armand. Our captain is a Valkyrie, a female Viking. She has flaming red hair that dances in the wind as we row our Drakkar, or Dragon Ship, to the next raid. Her name is Rain, like the goddess of the sea, and she is every bit as tempestuous as her namesake who captures drowned men in her nets and drags them to her underwater abode. Rain's family was murdered by a band of Jutes, who took her hostage at the tender age of 13. After escaping her captors, she returned to her homeland of Norway, commissioned the Drakkar, and raised a crew. Because my older brother would inherit the family land, I knew that I would need to leave home to find fortune and glory elsewhere. Also, like many Vikings, adventure and wanderlust coursed through my veins, and I could not be contained by my small village in Denmark. For these reasons, I gladly joined the Valkyrie Reign and her crew to sail the ocean in search of booty and plunder. Upon my selection, our first mission was to the verdant island of Britannia, which had been colonized by the Jutes, Frisians, Anglos, and Saxons. The Valkyrie wanted to exact revenge on the barbaric Jutes while filling her coffer. As I stood that first morning as a Viking pirate, looking out on the open ocean, a husky voice inquired, Are you Eric? Yes, I responded as I turned to face the man. I am Axel, he said, as he clapped me on the shoulder. The pirate standing before me was the embodiment of Viking beauty and masculinity. His blonde hair was surely rival that of the goddess Sif, and I never before beheld such blue eyes, like the iridescent heart of an iceberg in the sun. Though I had never been intimate with another man, I silently prayed to Frey, a goddess of sex and war, to make him my companion. I can help you with your sea chest, he, he offered. You can sit beside me. Axel was speaking of the wooden chest that all Viking pirates possess that holds personal belongings and serves as a seat aboard the ship. Resting on the ground beside me, my sea chest was engraved with an image of the Tree of Life and two fierce wolves. 
Thank you, I finally responded. How long have you been a pirate? This is my first voyage outside of the fjords of Scandinavia, and I have sailed all of my life on my father's boats. Ha! This is no ordinary longboat that our mistress sails. It is a drakkar. Beyond the lengths of anything you have ever seen, look yonder and you will know what I mean. In the distance on the water was a huge longboat that held thirty pairs of rowers. The sail was being stretched, and I could see the red striped woolen fabric dancing with each gust of wind. On the prow was a golden dragon, warning all in the ship's path to be wary. Along the sides of the hull, each Viking pirate had hung his shield, creating a colorful band of religious and animal images. The sight of this awesome dragon ship amazed and intimidated me. Several members of the crew were already aboard, and I could see that each man was as stout and hardy as Axel. Come, my friend, my companion, said as he threw a massive armor around my shoulder. I'll introduce you to the other oarsmen. They're a wild bunch, but I'm sure you'll take a liking to them. He smiled, and I think my Viking heart beat double time. So is Rain the only female, I asked? She is, and thank the gods, so, for she is a fiery one. I dare say the lads are afraid of her. I gave him a look of incredulity. It's true. When we go on raids, she stands at the bow of the ship, with her hair flowing behind her like flames in the wind. She screams and beats her broadsword against her shield, as if she were completely mad, like a berserker. I knew of these berserkers, though I had never met one. They were bands of Vikings who went to battle drunk or intoxicated on mushrooms. Wearing bearskins or nothing at all, they whooped and wailed and jumped about in such a frenzy that the enemy thought they were quite crazy. Rumor had it that they felt no pain, making them a formidable and daunting foe. And does she have no man, no husband? I continued. Axel laughed as if he had made a joke. She has all of us. Oh, so she chooses from among the crew? Axel laughed again and kissed me on the cheek in the way that a drunken man might do. It was a simple gesture that implied nothing but excited me nonetheless. Come to the ship, Eric, and I'll introduce you to the others. Do not worry about Rain, for she will be your protector. She chose you for a reason. That afternoon I met many young, strong pirates who were, who had decided to throw their lot in with this wild woman in flaming red hair. They were introduced in sets of two, men who rode side by side. Valdemar and Gregor, Regan and Carl... Thorvald and Jorgen, and many others. That night I slept in a tent with Axel, and when he curled up next to me, seemingly in a state of unconsciousness, I felt his erect penis against my leg. Though I wanted so badly to explore his body, I used restraint and somehow fell asleep with his sweet breath tickling my neck. Next morning, Axel took me to the hot springs to bathe before our journey across the choppy sea to the island of Britannia, Without hesitation, he stripped off his woolen trousers and leather tunic and stood before me naked and proud. Do you need help, my friend? he asked. No, no, I am fine. Though I was concerned that my body might betray my sexual interests, 
I steeled my resolve and tore off my boots, tunic, and trousers. My penis was not entirely flaccid, and I feared that it would grow as solid as the giant spar of the Drakkar. Axel was not so flaccid himself, and his organ was thick and impressive. He was sinewy and muscular, with a dusting of hair over his chest and stomach. Each leg was like a tree trunk, and his buttocks were round as gourds. All he needed was a magical hammer and iron gloves to convince me he was Thor, god of thunder. You have a nice, strong Viking body, he said with a broad smile. As do you, Axel. Let us bathe. We stepped into the steaming water and sunk to our waists. I felt the hot bubbles swirling beneath me, and I became giddy with pleasure. Axel came close behind me and rubbed my shoulders and back. I closed my eyes and secretly imagined his lips upon my mouth. When he reached around me to squeeze my chest, I felt his breath on my ear and his erect penis against my leg. Relax, Eric, he cooed huskily. We will be together on this journey. I will take care of all of your needs and protect you from harm. Every night and every day, I will be there to warm you when you are cold, to comfort you when you are lonely, to excite you when you are bored. You and I are going to row side by side, fight side by side, sleep side by side. Do you want me, Eric? Yes, I said excitedly. Then it will be as the gods intended. He continued to rub my shoulders and chest, and I was seduced by the bubbles surrounding my body and his voice in my ear. Suddenly, without warning, my body spasmed, and I ejected my seat into the roiling water. I'm certain that Axel did the same. Before we left the hot springs, he kissed me on the, on the cheek and gave me a hug like a great bear, and I knew that I would follow this man anywhere. The journey into the Atlantic and down the channel was quicker than I imagined. We rode part of the time... But more than not, we reserved our strength while the winds carried us towards the Thames River. Often when I looked upon my crewmates, I noticed surprising, tender exchanges between them. Thorvald holding Jorgen's hand, Valdemar kissing Gregor straight on the lips. Once I even caught Regan with his hand in Carl's trousers. And the men slept so close that they became like one large beast. Though such behavior among men was foreign to me, it somehow seemed so natural, as if it were ordained by the gods. I didn't really know what to make of this, but I presumed that their intimacy could be attributed to a requisite bond among shipmates. Such trust and closeness would be invaluable while on long and perilous journeys at sea. So I gave in to temptation and slept with my head on Axel's chest. And it was in those peaceful moments, pressed close to Axel, that I began to realize what had been missing from my life. On the first day that our Drakkar entered the Thames River, we encountered an enemy ship of Angles and Jutes. Excitement overtook my shipmates, and I was swept up in the wave of emotions. The innate Viking prowess in me took over, and I leapt into action. Like any good Norse pirate ship, we were armed with axes, bows, and arrows, spears, and shortened bronze swords. Half the men remained at the oars, while the other half rushed to quash the barbaric ar army. Our good captain, Rain, rubbed the golden dragon on the prow and spoke to it lovingly. 
Then she took up her spear and shield and began rousing us with her shouts. The entire time she beat her spear upon her shield and swung her wild flaming hair. I thought she looked like a true Valkyrie. The divine maidens who chose worthy dead from battlefields and escort them to Valhalla. Our sail was down so that our drakkar was entirely controlled by the oarsmen, who adeptly navigated us close to the enemy ship. I watched Axel rush to the side of the hull, ready for action. Watch for their arrows, my friends yelled to me. Grab your shield, stay behind me if you like. Stay behind? What kind of Viking did, did he take me for? There was no way I would wait in the background and watch the fighting unfold. I could not have my new comrades and my mistress see me cowering like a scared rabbit. No, they would see me as a strong wolf. So I took my place at the hull beside my faithful companion. Just then, an arrow struck the shield of our rapacious captain, but she ignored the hit and commanded us to fight, to take out the enemy shipmen, and to steal their booty. Once we were alongside the Briton ship, the fighting commenced in earnest. A spear from our ship sailed over my shoulder, striking a jute and killing him instantly. Axel repeatedly smashed his axe into the shield of an enemy as the boat's careened in a deadly embrace. Just then I saw Britain pull the spear from his shipmate and hurl it in our direction. Deftly, I rocked onto my left foot and caught the spear in mid-flight. Then I flung it back, kicking the one who had intended to use it against us. Axel saw my actions, as did our captain, and I could see the approbation in their faces. Axel pulled another Briton from his boat, tossed him into the water, and then jumped aboard the enemy ship. I immediately followed. The Valkyrie hurled an axe with deadly aim, killing the Briton captain. With our broadswords and axes, we had taken the enemy vessel within minutes. We stripped the remaining pirates, tossed them over the edge, and watched them swim for shore. It was a glorious day and a savory victory. That night we carried the Drakkar onto the banks of the Thames and righted it between the trees. They and Rain walked among the men, lauding our bravery and fearlessness. She tended lovingly, almost maternally, to the wounded and then set about planning a feast. After gorging ourselves on roast fowl, meat, and stolen cheese, the men began to separate into distinct pairs. Some pairs returned to the ship while others stayed on the banks but all began to touch in ways I had not witnessed before. Intimate, feral ways. The pirates began to kiss each other squarely, passionately on the lips, as if the goddess Freya had placed a spell on them. They embraced in great bear hugs, ran their tongues over sensitive skin, and groped freely, one by one. Each viking began to undress his companion. Soon they were all naked and engorging in an orgiastic state of pleasure. It was a sight unlike any I have ever beheld, and I was confused but excited by the events before me. Then I noted our mistress wandering through the writhing couple, softly cooing to each as if she was encouraging them. It, I was struck by how pleased the Valkyrie was by the behavior of her men. Clearly this was not the first time that this scene had unfolded. Then I felt two hands about my waist. You fought, you fought bravely today, Axel said. 
As did you, I answered. You were like the great god of thunder Thor, attacking the evil serpent that encircled the world. My friend moved his mouth close to my ear and his hand ran over my abdomen toward my nether regions. Axel, what is happening here? I asked. Do you not want this? I want it very much, my warrior, but do you? He chuckled softly, kissed my neck, and responded, Feel how much I want it, my dear Eric. As he pressed his erect manliness into my hip. Next, his hand was on my penis, and I was drunk. Not from the mead, but from his manly touch. Are we under some spell, I asked. No, my love. We are an entire ship of male lovers. And our Valkyrie is aware of this? Of course, it is by her choice. Look how she employs, enjoys our pleasures. Rain was still roaming around the couples like she was wandering in a garden. As Thorvald knelt before Jorgen, she leaned in to watch closely as the former took the latter's penis in his mouth. Then she gently caressed Thorvald's hair as his head began to undulate, bringing Jorgen great pleasure. My own penis was like a great oak staff. Fluid leaked from its shaft, and I wished for Axel's mouth to be upon it, like Thorvald's was upon Jorgen's. As Axel undressed me slowly, almost painfully so, I watched the men touch each other in splendor. Regan and Carl were laying head to foot, so that each could use his mouth to stimulate the other's organ. And I could not believe their skill at pleasing another man in this way. Next to them, Gregor was stroking Valdemar's cock and licking his testicles as if they were ripe, juicy berries. Suddenly, Axel moved in front of me, and I saw his naked body again in all its glory. His penis was as hard as mine, and he walked closer until they touched. He confessed, I wanted to do this with you since I first saw you in Denmark on the banks of the great ocean. But I have not, never done this with a man. You'll be fine, my love. I trust you will show me the way. And then he leaned forward, pressed his lips to mine, and kissed me deeply in a way that no other lover before had ever done. As his tongue moved into my mouth, I could not help but reach down and grab his thick organ in my hand. By his moans, I could tell that he was enjoying my touch immensely. Though I did not want his lips to separate from mine, I was thrilled when he knelt and began teasing my cock with his tongue. This was wholly unlike the simple pleasure I was I had experienced with women. Looking down as my friend licked and kissed my member, I began to understand the true meaning of ecstasy. Soon Axel had wrapped his warm, wet mouth around my swollen organ, and I rubbed my fingers through his golden locks. I felt a hand on my shoulder and looked over to find the Valkyrie standing there. She smiled and rubbed her hand tenderly down my back. Then she touched Axel on his shoulder, and he stopped his pleasurable touch and stood to face me. Will you give yourself to this great Viking, she asked, of whom I was not certain. Yes, my lady, Axel answered as he turned to show off his backside. Then he backed into my body and rubbed his buttocks over my erect penis. It was so shockingly erotic that I nearly lost my seed. And you, she asked of me. Yes, my lady, I responded breathily. Rain smiled at us, pleased by our passion, and then moved on to the next couple. 
Eric, will you use your mouth on me like I did for you? My companion pleaded. Of course. I was excited by the prospect, and I fell immediately to the ground and kissed the head of his shaft, tasting a salty, manly brine. As I slipped my lips over his thick organ, I felt saliva flowing into my mouth, making it easier to work his penis over my tongue and down my throat. Axel's body shivered as he moaned loudly. All around me were the sounds of pleasure, but I was focused on my lover. His hands on my cheeks were tender and encouraging, and I was overcome with the sensation of pleasing another man in this way. I knew that I never wanted to stop. But Axel pulled his organ from my mouth to delay his ejaculation. Then he pulled me up and kissed me deeply. Instinctively, I wrapped my hands around his body and felt his muscular buttocks. Our cocks were pinned between our bodies, and we rubbed them together in a fever. The entire time I pulled at his backside as if we were trying to get to a treasure. Let me show you what to do, he said, and then he turned to me roughly so I could gaze upon the other men. One man was bent over the side of the ship as his lover was driving his shaft into him from behind. Though I had heard stories, I had never witnessed such an act. Both men seemed to be experiencing intense pleasure. When I surveyed the tableau, I saw that each couple had given themselves over to this type of sex. Some were on their backs, some were standing in over some were standing in a bent position. Valdemar was actually lying over his sea chest as Gregor lunged into him roughly. My concern for Valdemar instantly abated when I heard him beg Gregor for more. Carl was pulling out of Regan, and I thought that they were already spent, but they were merely changing positions as Carl knelt on the ground in a dog's position and accepted Regan from behind. Axel pushed my shoulders and I bent at the waist. He pulled apart my buttocks and used his tongue to tease me more. The sensation was magical, and I could now begin to understand the pleasure that my crewmates were feeling. After his demonstration was over, Axel took me to the ship and leaned over the side, clutching at his shield. Please, Eric, put yourself inside of me, so that we can become one, he begged. Axel, I don't want to hurt you. Trust me, my friend, you are big, but I can take it. We will both enjoy this. Start by kissing me there, and then slip a finger inside to feel how warm I am. I obeyed because I wanted to experience everything with this beautiful warrior, so I knelt behind him, pulled apart his round cheeks, and gently ran my tongue up and down his backside. He let out a moan, and I knew that I was doing it right. Before long, I was using my tongue, like a battering ram, to probe at his pink hole. Then I remembered what he had said about my finger, so I wet one and delicately worked it inside the warmth of his backside. The pressure of his muscle around my finger excited me more, and I could not wait to replace it with my penis. I want to fuck you, Axel, I exclaimed boldly. That's what I've been dreaming of, Eric. Let me get you wet. So he spit upon my penis and rubbed his saliva over it eagerly. He kissed me one last time and then resumed his position, bent over the ship's hull. Excitedly, I rubbed my erect member between his cheeks until I felt it against his tight muscle. 
I leaned forward as if I were trying to invade his backside. At first I worried that he would not let me in, but suddenly I breached his tight ring and felt an immense pressure around the head of my cock. He groaned, and I worried that I would hurt him, so I froze in place. Then I felt him wiggling backwards as if his, as his rear engulfed my staff. Are you well, Axel? Yes, my love, it feels good. I hope one day we can switch places so you will know how good this feels. It feels wonderful, I agreed. I am giving myself to you, Eric, my brave Viking. My organ was buried all the way inside of my lover, and it felt even better than his lips. I watched my cock slip partially out of his body, and I marveled at how he was accommodating my thick member. When I pushed back inside, I felt us move forward as one entity. I began to work my organ in and out of him like a steady wave. Fuck me, Eric, he pleaded as he looked back over his shoulder. It feels so warm and so pleasurable. Show me what a strong Viking you are. Goaded by his words, I began to rock in and out of him at a faster pace, and I pressed my member harder into his body until even the boat rocked on its dry bed. Yes, my love, he cried. That's it. You like it? Then I reached under him and found his tumescent shaft. Yes, fuck me, Eric. And so I continued to rock my body into him as I stroked his penis. In the distance, I could see the other pairs doing much the same in various positions, and the Valkyrie continued to walk among us, enjoying the sights. Then I said it without thought, induced by the passion, I love you, Axel. I worried that I had misspoken and wanted to take back the words, though I felt them truly. His response was a loud groan, and then he said, I love you too, Eric. I want to do this with you every day. Yes, my love. You are going to make me spill my seed. Yes, I moaned. Yes, fuck me, Eric. Then I felt a spasm that ran through my entire body, stronger than any I had ever known. I was thrusting into him as my seed was filling up his insides. Just then his organ shot warm fluid onto the ship and my hand, and I was pleased that I had brought him to climax. Reluctantly, I pulled my softening member from his backside and he turned to face me. A voice in the distance yes, yelled, Yes, Eric! It was Carl who was still being mounted from behind. You are one of us now. Then he stood partially erect and shot a seat onto the ground before him as Regan continued to assail him from behind. Welcome to our crew, Valdemar called out, holding his legs aloft. Fuck me, Gregor, I spill my seed for you. With that, his organ began to shoot semen onto his stomach without even being touched. Axel kissed me, and I felt a swoon unbecoming of a Viking pirate. So you really love me, he asked. I smiled broadly and kissed him again before responding, as Odin loves Frigg. Good, and now we are lovers aboard the Drakkar. In our post-coital bliss, we bathed in the water of the Thames and dried each other tenderly. As we prepared our palate, the Valkyrie came to me. You are a good addition to our crew, Eric, she said. I knew that I was not wrong. Thank you for inviting me on this adventure. It was Axel who chose you, she divulged. Really? Then I owe him much more than I thought. 
And so do you wish to remain a pirate on the Drakkar? It would please me greatly. Good, because Axel needs a lover like you. Axel kissed me on the cheek, and I could feel his muscular chest pressing into my back, and I felt my penis stirring again. A ship of male lovers, I said ma matter-of-factly. I've never heard of such a Viking or otherwise. No, she answers. A great Greek philosopher named Plato once wrote that an army of lovers would be invincible. That is what I needed to punish these enemies and to make my profit. An invincible army of male lovers. Ah, well then, I'm glad to be at your service and beside my lover. Finn. So, that is from Treasure Trail. Hope you enjoyed. Hello, this is Ouija, and I'm about to read you a fun little Halloween ditty written by Matt. Happy Halloween, and may all your tricks be treats. This particular name of this particular fun little read is called Purity and Shadows. Alaric, Alaric, what? His voice was a bare whisper. Come to me. He did not want to move. His entire being felt as though he could not move. Last night was slowly flooding back as the voice called him again. Come to me. You're omnipotent. Take me, he smiled. Eyes still closed. He felt a flash of fire seep from the hearth over him and gently take him below. Below the floorboards, the cobwebs, the rat holes. Into the dirt and still beyond. The heat slipped from his body. Still, he refused to move. My beautiful child, the voice was deep, reverberating off the endless cavern walls. I have cursed the hours we have been apart. It was your choice to leave, he countered. I asked you to stay. You know I couldn't. I had things to do. And souls to redeem? He turned quickly on his back to behold the blood-red skin of his lover. And just how many of those are like me, whose hearts you've won by fucking their brains out with that club you call a dick? He gleaned his white teeth in a half-malicious smile. Such a mouth. You know you're the only one for me. You only to say that because I have yet to give you my soul. He ran his black nails up Alaric's soft, pink skin. Everything in time. He leaned, leaned in to take a nipple into his mouth, between his fangs. He pinched it. Alaric drew in a breath of steam, exhaled mist, thrusting his peck hard against his lover's face. His mouth climbed higher, sucking harder, till he drew Alaric's sweet fleshy tongue deep into his mouth, his red hands pulling them closer, crushing them. He longed to consume this child of life. Alaric pulled back, letting his lover's tongue trail down, low, watching as he carefully avoided the navel. A link to the living, somewhere above... His surging cock, proud and straight, ten inches of raging meat, pointing straight for black lips. Suck it, he hissed. His lover looked up, 
pure black pools resembling eyes met his. Alaric did not look away. Put it in your mouth. He watches the fangs lightly scrape the head. Cocksucker. He whispered. He flinched as the fangs tightened. Do it all the way, Alaric ordered. As the black lips made their way tightly down the shaft, suctioning to the bottom, a long triangular tongue edged downwards past the egg-sized balls, through Alaric's parted legs, and stopped only to tease the slit of his opening. Then it plunged inside. Alaric tensed, screaming at the new feeling. Bastard, he cried, screaming again, jerking his hips upward. His cock, fucking his lover's mouth as the long tongue slid deeper into him. I could feel you in my gut. Fuck me with it. Then he screamed louder, fuck me with it, cocksucker. He grabbed the large black horns and pulled himself up, pushing his cock deeper. His legs spread so far apart, hands grasping horns, body jerking in his fury to come. He was being suspended in the steaming air, then suddenly abandoned. His back arch ached from the impact of his fall. With feign uninterest, he turned onto his stomach, waiting. After moments, he felt the slick tongue snaking up his leg, reaching for the tight hole hidden within his full, round ass. With lightning movement, he turned, grabbed the tongue, and pulled himself to his knees, He met his lover's gaze face to face, stabbing his tongue to the now-closed black lips, then parted, hoping, expecting. Instead, he rose to slide his tongue over those slick, pointed horns. Alaric, my tormentor, my... Master? Alaric met his gaze again. The laughter echoed off the rock walls. Change for me. Alaric ran his hands through his thick blonde hair, pushing it back from his sweat-soaked face. What shall I be? A man, a real man, who knows how to do whatever I want. Alaric stared at the black-haired man squatting in front of him, the unshaven roughness of his face, deeply defined muscles, so tight against the skin they might break through. Cock jutting straight into the air, so huge, so that he shivered. Balls as large as a horse, hanging loose, swinging, grazing the rock floor. Long, powerful legs. The only thing that couldn't change were those black pools he had for eyes, the windows to the soul, or the solace. Alaric put his hands to the ground, crawling to the dark man. He neared, opening his mouth, placing it around the thick, fat head of the man. He pulled the foreskin with his teeth, getting only a slight reaction. Think I can? he asked playfully. No, came the growl. Slicking the shaft down once, getting the feel twice, the third finding the thick hair below. He couldn't hold the monster for more than a few seconds without feeling his throat wanting to explode. He backed off quickly. Your loss. He went back down, this time not as far. 
He rose to his knees in front of his lover, placing the dick between his legs, stroking it with his thighs. He ran his hands up over the thick, solid chest, with his hands holding him to the man. He bit the nip, sending a shudder through his body, tongue continuing upward, probing, tasting, overtaking the man's mouth. Alaric pulled back. Now? He clasped his hands around the thick, pulsing shaft, slick from the steam, pulling it. He stood. Like before, he hissed. Like the last night of my purity. Remember? You fucked the holy shit out of me. Again the walls found laughter. But this laughter deep with hardcore lust. Lust that was constant and demanding, unyielding. Alaric's hands were pinned with a smash against the wall. Like the first time, his lover growled. Distorted, hideous voice. The shivers of reality rippling into Alaric's core. Their bodies hot, groping against the burning rock. The humongous dick slid between the soft, muscled flesh of Alaric's legs. Crashing the rock, breaking it away, the raging, jerking, fucking. Now I'm ready, now. Beg, his lover screamed in his ear. Beg me for it, like your first time. Please. His balls hurt as they were smashed into. Again and again. Fuck me now, please. Now. He pulled the lyric's legs up flat against his shoulders, pressing him against the wall. Who is master? Alaric jerked at the splitting pain as the dick rammed him, holding him, snarling teeth and vacant eyes, Alaric tight against the wall, waiting, wishing for that moment when the searing pain would turn into unbelievable pleasure. The cock withdrawn to the head and then forced farther inside, deep for pounding. The thrust came faster. Yes, damn yes, come in me, you evil motherfucker. The pounding was driving Alaric's shape into the wall, his cock slapping his smooth, taut stomach, the man's muscles tensing, teeth smashing together, head back. He was on the brink of... Alaric pulled his head up, so close their faces could touch. Come on me, Satan. The flesh deepened to red, nails digging into Alaric's wrists. The lover returned to true form, roaring... That could be heard from the depths of the deepest volcanoes, fire rising in a winding fury, consuming them as power reached heights no mortal could. Alaric fell to the ground, cock spewing, jutting, covering himself with the cream-white seed of life, something forbidden to the lover. Silence, sweet and enveloping. Drifting over him with cool breeze, the moment passed, faded like a dream. Lazily, he turned to the fire in the fireplace to dry his wet cum. He would remember later. Till the morrow, the flame hissed. Alaric's eyes fluttered open, his lips curving into a half-smile, perhaps. Alaric. He slitted his, he slitted his eyes, listening to the crack of the fire. Alaric. What? Give me your soul. No. Silence. You don't love me. The fire dimmed. Lyric's eyes open, glistening in the fire. Yes, I do. 
Then give me your soul. No, not yet. Damn you! The fire rose high, flying cinders burning Alaric's skin. Alaric chuckled sleepily. You haven't the power. I have brought you to my lair, shown you ecstasy beyond imagination, and changed the laws of nature for you. Still you do not give me what I desire most. The voice deafened him. Silence! His breathing hard, he sneered into the flame, or I will never give it to you. He looked out a darkened window, glass jagged, covered with decay. However, I will bring you a gift, as my promise to you. What? Do you think you were the first? He let his head fall back. An angel! I will bring you a white angel to consume, born of grace and and soul, as sweet as the honey he feeds upon. A white angel? Silence. Your first? He chuckled again. So evil to be so naive. He reached to a small bowl of water and doused the flame. Noon. Alaric sat up right. The sunrise was harsh on his eyes and flesh, exposed and open on the wood floor of the old shanty. He walked out into it, letting it bathe his pale skin, pale from the continuous darkness. Memories rekindled. He smiled, stretched and began to walk into the cashy-colored wheat field. His bare feet made a solid path, not looking ahead, not caring. He was the lover of supreme evil. Dangers of the earth seemed trivial. He stopped finally. Nipples hard from the cool breeze, he stood with his legs apart and ran his hands over them. He smiled at the intensity of a sudden feeling. A need. What if his lover were here? Would he lay him back in the falling grains on the ground and sack him? Of course not. He'd recoil the sun's light and sink away, back to his precious caverns with his menials. He pulled gently at the slight fuzz around his stiffening cock, moving his fingertips down to his smooth ball sack, one hand pulling it tight against the shaft, the other dragging fingertips over it, gently creating a desperate tickle that yearned to be scratched and relieved. His ten inches, strong and full, called to him. He slowly, as when he was younger, dropped one knee, bent over the protruding cock. He was limber, just enough to slide his lips down over the head and lick the first few inches of the shaft. He pinched his right nipple again, lifting his head slightly with the loose skin in his teeth, then caressing his swollen glands again. A hand closed around his shaft. It began to milk the bone into his suctioning mouth. Slowly, in steady motion, Alaric felt pressure building. He came off his cock to let his head rest on the caressing shoulder behind him. The breeze blew swiftly, blustering through him as he let himself go. Another hand came around him, holding him, stroking his chest as the other his shaft. Velvet lips touching his ear, moving back, back under his wind-blown hair to his neck. Alaric arced his back, 
gasping for air, his hands touching the ground, stretching him flat, letting himself feel pure. He felt the hard staff slide between his legs, playing with his tight balls, and then toward the crevice of his hairless ass. He prepared himself for entry, but there was none. Instead, like a cloud, he felt a cool wetness enter him. Only surface deep and moved, curving upward and pulling out. Then with a gentle thrust, he re-entered Alaric. Moaned with complete pleasure. He rose to his knees, elbows down against the sod, ass parted, waiting in the air to be mounted and ridden. There was no pain, and he was completely filled by a raging prick. The first moment sent him into waves of pleasure, tormented ecstasy. He pulled his head up, crying out, hands, moving up his spine to his shoulders and then gripping them, thrust the huge cock in deeper. Again, Alaric cried out spreading himself as wide as he could. The cock lifted him from the ground in another deep thrust, circling motion, then again faster and quicker. Alaric let the hands take over the direction of his body, holding him tight as the prick slid faster, freeing him, taking him higher than the night before. He began to chant a plea for the unseen assailant not to stop, to take him to a higher place, wasn't that what he had been searching for all along? Since boyhood, when he had first sprayed his load through the air, that total, hauling, meshing of body, spirit, and whatever the fuck higher plane orgasm was to take you to, the hands suddenly flipped him to his back. Staring up into bright light, the fluttering of his own eyelids was all he saw as the cock battered him, hands caressing him. He heard a deafening music running through his mind, a tune loud and demanding, his ass still filled as the music louder, harsher, until on the last final note he felt himself filled with warm, wet liquid. His eyes flashed open to see whiteness and feathers, blocking the sun as it crashed down over him. He moaned. He never felt so alive, so free. He looked up into the sky, blue eyes of the blonde vision. Change for me, Hilaric prompted him. Into what? A small insect. He smiled happily, sighing. If you can. The light ar about Alaric began to flicker. Within moments, there was nothing but the silence of the breeze. Alaric looked about him. On his leg was a butterfly, white and glimmering fluttering gently. Alaric immediately folded one of the wings over. Wind rushed through the high wheat, howling sorrowfully. He heard the cries, but deafened himself to them. He now had only to call his lover. Alone by the fire, stroking himself, Alaric looked at the broken angel across from him. They didn't speak, they only stared at one another. Alaric was nearing climax. The broken wing hung limply, the angel's face drawn and sad. He could feel the unsanctity of this dwelling, smell the sour stench of evil. Alaric stopped his pursuit of climax as the fire rose. Alaric, yes, you have my gift. Obviously. He stood, dick jetting out, veins engorged with flowing blood. Show yourself. The smoldering fire burned higher until the hooved master of darkness stepped from the doorway. 
He looked cautiously toward the winged creature, studying it with almost an envying leer. A white angel. His eyes wide. The angel pressed against the wall in fear. Alaric, my lover, you have done well. The beast stepped ever closer, foolish creature, to let your lust overshadow your purity. He chuckled, a deep hissing sound that made Alaric's neck hair stand on end. Alaric watched the angel with an edge of pity. How beautiful he had been when he had first appeared to him years ago, another life. Touch him, Alaric was ordered. He stared at the angel's face, a contempt edged over him. I don't want him. Do it. The huge fangs were inches from his mouth. I want to see you with him. To watch his demise. Alaric stood fast. He was unprepared for the clawed hand that knocked him into the angel's arms. You impudent ex insect, you will obey me. For the first time, Alaric's heart jumped in fear, then anger. He turned to the angel, leaning into him. His lips parted, and he slipped his tongue into the soft, sweet-tasting mouth. The angel tried to pull back, but Alaric forced him back, pushing deeper, consuming him. He pushed him to the ground, holding him firmly by the shoulders, fingers beginning to massage the tight flesh. Little by little, he worked himself back over the soft, taut flesh until they were flat together. In the darkness of the shadows, the creature watched. Alaric found himself being less and less aware of the shadows and more of dominating this light. Then came the voice. Take him in your mouth. Alaric complied kissing first the arcing pecs, licking them into brittle points. Nipping, arousing, the angel cried out, Father Alaric moved over the slight, muscular, hairless stomach to the tip of a cool, throbbing cock, gently touching his tongue to the flap of skin covering the head. Take it in your mouth. Alaric moved the tip of his tongue along the shaft from head to base, then began to suck the huge, hairless testicles into his mouth, pulling and sucking hard, causing the angel to writhe in a frenzy, whimpering not to stop. I told you to take it. Alaric eyed the moving shadow with contempt. How could he have been so blind to think he had power over the beast? He kissed down the angel's thighs, flicking his tongue at the crevice beneath. Damn you, Alaric. Felt something flash over his body, pulling him forward, forcing him downward. The angel's cock buried deep within Alaric's throat, the force holding him there until he fought for air, releasing him from a, for a gasp of breath, then driving his mouth back to the hairless base of the eleven-inch rod. His motions increased, the rhythm steady, he relaxed. Still having no control, he could feel something, a pressure pushing against him, a building force about to explode. The angel was going to come. Alaric's head was suddenly off the cock and his body being pulled to it. He could only watch as he stood above the angelic body, slowly squatting down, cock hard, leaking precum. He felt the head against his opening, pressing, burning. He jerked hard as the cock was embedded in him. Alaric's voice ripped the air in a cry, somewhere between pleasure and pain. His body lifted, then dropped with sudden urgency. Fuck! 
He screamed. Yes! The shadow cried, Fuck! Fuck him! Alaric felt the hold on him weaken slightly. He took the opportunity, grabbing the angel's shoulders and bending forward, began to ride the huge meat at an angle. He never missed a stroke, riding him faster and faster, each time hitting a button inside him, making his stick harder and his need greater. Again he was forgetting about the shadows. Lost in white ecstasy, he leaned back, erection jutting far above his body. From somewhere out there, he heard a wet slurping. He opened his eyes a slit to see his lover, lip curled, hips pistoning into another. Alaric sat up, turning to see the dark eyes boring at him as another male knelt in his place at his lover's dick. Fuck him, the darkness ordered, fire rising from the bed of coals. Alaric's fury rose as a fire. He lowered himself to the light and rode harder, beginning to cry out, both in frustration and excitement. With sudden movement, he flipped the angel over onto him, never losing a stroke. Alaric's tight stomach and chest were compressed as his knees were at his sides. The light, shoving, pushing, grunting, with each thrust deeper than the one before, Alaric was consumed totally, willingly. His whole body felt ticklish, alive. Every exhale had a moan of rising pleasure and the thrusts were getting harder and quicker. His arms pinned to the ground, he could feel the waves coming from the angel, and then the whole room seemed to stop. Alaric sighed and stretched as he felt himself being filled. He's climaxing, the shadow spoke in awe. Then let a moan escape him as the sight sent him over the brink. Into the throat of the firm, muscled man in front of him was shot the bulk of the climax. The echoes faded, the dark creature still locked in his own orgasm. He pushed the man back, his raging cock slapping his red stomach with a loud pop. He grabbed the man in front of him by the hair and drug him to where the angel now lay beside Alaric. Take the angel, he told the man. The man looked at him in surprise, an almost fearful look crossing his roughly handsome face. Do it, he was ordered. The man was nowhere near as headstrong as Alaric, and quickly positioned himself over the angel. Alaric's eyes bored into the man's, as he looked to Alaric, as if asking for help. He reached over the man, touching his arm, moving over the shoulder to his back. He felt a strange vibration from the man as he continued downward. Alaric sat up next to him, his hand finally reaching a hard, thick dick. He grasped it in his hand, watching the man's reaction. It had been so long since he had felt the flesh of the living. Another like himself, he released his breath. The man's cock was directed into the angel's opening. And pushed by the will of the darkness, Alaric's hand was thrown back by the power. But still he watched the man, his muscles moving below the tight pink flesh, so full of energy and life, it captured Alaric and made his softening cock and flate until he could bend to lick the head. The man moved his hips, pushing his dick deep into the light, pulling out until the head was on the brink of slipping and then thrusting again. But his face lacked the expression of pleasure Alaric expected him to. Their eyes locked, searching, 
hungry. Alaric spread his legs, letting the man have a better view of him as he popped the head of his own cock into his mouth. Alaric watched the thick chest hair graze the white skin of the one beneath him. Neither of his lovers had hair on their bodies, and when they did, it was merely illusion. But this man was real. His heart beat, his skin and cock pulsed, his blood boiled, and he reeked of life, the scent intoxicating. Alaric lifted his head. Cock ready to explode, he leaned forward, seeing nothing but the man and his sweating, fucking body. Sweat. Alaric licked the side of the man, feeling him shiver under his tongue. The salt taste was everything he remembered. He held the base of his cock and unable to deny the pounding drive of a man's lust when it takes over any rational thought, he began to mount the man. There was a loud groan as the smaller man fed his dick angrily up the other's tight ass. Beginning to thrust before the head was even firmly in, the man stopped moving, crying out, pushing back to greet his aggressor. They moved in perfect rhythm, oblivious to the others in the room. Within seconds, Alaric was screaming, peeking his fingernails, clawing the pecs, feeling the thick hair as he was about to come. The voice of doom shattered their ears. Alaric was forced from the man by the power. Then the order to the man was heard, Fuck the angel. Alaric's seed jutting into his air, caught in the slow motion of his mind that flooded with pure rage. He put his hand over the head, feeling the thick spurts drain after his body left him back into the room. He saw the dark eyes of Shadow laughing at him. Me. When he's done with the angel, maybe I'll fuck you. Alaric's eyes flashed, his fury bursting from him. In one huge final act, he knew its weakness. He knew how to send it running from the ca- for the caverns in agony. Scarred for the rest of its dark existence. He flung his flesh seed at the monster's face. Fuck this, he screamed. The stench came just after the deafening roars and screamed as the Master of Darkness threw himself about like a child who just put his hand in a flame. Within moments there was nothing but a slight stink on the breeze that even acknowledged shadows had once inhabited the shanty. Alaric looked to see the angel, white and glowing in the cold shack. He looked at Alaric with a face full of rebuke. In a flash, it darted through the door and disappeared into the sky. Alaric had never felt so alone, so desperately deserted and cold as he sat in the harsh light. A hand touched him, warm and pulsing. Alaric turned to see the brown eyes of the man, his hairy chest, nipples firm in the cold wind. They both sat naked, alone. Alaric moved into him, both of them holding one another. Their bodies together, perfect as a calm, fell over them. A stirring inside as their heads began to slowly explore. Alaric looked up, kissing the man gently as he felt something inside of him he had never felt before. What was it? He searched his memory. He couldn't remember. He only knew that it 
and he, and the man before him, were again lost in the bourgeoisie of existence. Somewhere between light and dark, goodness and evil, purity and shadows. A network of inclusion. Unifospods.net This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. This has been a, for fuck's sake, production.